630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Try to again. Shoots and scores. There's 50 from the right circle. Harris in the pocket. He's throwing and he's going down. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Here we go. It is Monday. It is August the 19th. It is cold in Edmonton. The summer to forget continues. Oh, but wait. It'll get better this week. It'll get better. Coming home from Toronto, where it was uh, warm. I wouldn't say overly hot. wouldn't say overly humid. But it was nice. And then it was about, I don't know, 15 degree difference. And Yeah. Boy, that was a shock to the system. The car started, so that's good. Anyway, well, shit, it's only 13, right? So... Anyway, Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight on Inside Sports. Yes, Reed is uh, fringing this week, and uh, this is the week where he hangs out the fringe, volunteers. It's really cool. I uh, ran the Edmonton Marathon, so he needs a week off anyway. I would need uh, several days, weeks off if I did that race, or I'd be in the hospital. I don't know what it is, but yeah, you got me for uh, this week. Of course, we are inching closer to a big game on Friday on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium, the Edmonton Eskimos at home to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Eskimos win. They get a share of first place. They win by eight points or more than they win the season series against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers by virtue of their 28-21 loss to the Bombers back on June 27th. We've got it right here on 6.30. Chad, the voice of the Eskimos, 5.30 is to kick off. 7 o'clock is, sorry, 5.30 is countdown to kick off. 7 o'clock is the uh, uh, kickoff from Commonwealth Stadium. So there you go. Kellen Kennedy across the glass. Davey. Hello, sir. Good day. It's good to have you back. How are you doing? Oh, it's nice to be here. It's, I'm doing great. Good, doing good. Great. Yeah. So what's up? Uh, Edmonton Fringe going on. It, uh, I was down there a couple times uh, over the weekend. It was lots of fun. Our boy Reed Wilkins out there volunteering yep. out at the Fringe. And that is for real, folks. If you go to the volunteer board right on the corner of Old Strathcona there and that stuff, you will see Reed Wilkins listed. There you go. On the marquee. He might ask or answer an Euler question or an Eskimos question. That's right. He might. He probably would. It's Reed. He would do that. You're at Castle Raceway this weekend, were you? I was, yeah. Of course, of course. But big, big, big events going on down there. Tons of big events going on down there. There was, uh, for the t- first time ever, they had the Outlaw Truck Drag Races on Saturday, which is basically any and every high-performance uh, pickup truck you could imagine under the sun down there racing. It was great. And the uh, Gold Cup on Saturday night was fun, too, with the sprints, the 360 sprints. That Halsey was talking about all last week on sports. So there we go. <laughs> Those are fun. Yeah. Those are fun. Yeah, it was for sure. But yeah, I had a real busy weekend for sure. And I was able to squeeze a quick little nature walk through the River Valley in yesterday. And yeah, those Edmonton Marathon guys, uh, I'd be like you. Traction in hospital. <laughs> Like, my, my calves and my thighs are just killing me please right now. Please help me and to I was feel just hiking. again. Please help me to feel my body again, please. Absolutely. Yeah, same here. For those of you that ran in the event, 
good on you. Yeah, that's kudos. awesome. Right on. And uh, whatever, he, you know, hey, you know, Reed has always told me it's not about results for him and it's, it's not re- about results for a lot of people. It's about results for some of you. And if you had a good result, great. If you did it, then I hope you improve on it and go get him next time. And for those of you that just ran to, to run for fun, for fitness and finished, great. If you didn't, you still gave it your best shot. So there you go. We're going we're gonna to talk mm-hmm. about the Edmonton Marathon later. This is going to be cool. Natalie Shanahan's going to join us, um, marathon runner, and she tried to set a Guinness world record in a most unique way. It did involve a stroller. So I will tell you that a little bit later on. We're talking lots of football tonight. Eskimos and Bombers. Of course, the Eskimos Coaches Show with... Jason Moss, hosted by Morley Scott, will be after 7.30, 7.30 until 8. The biggest news of the day is in Winnipeg. Matt Nichols is out for four to six weeks with a shoulder injury. We'll put him on the sixth game. Uh, We'll reevaluate his his, uh, status in about four to six weeks, and we'll see where we go from there. So there you go. And now the uh, official is upper body injury, but it was shoulder. There you go. So that means backup quarterback Chris Strebler will start when the Bombers, who are 7-2, and two, play the 6-3 and three Eskimos here on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Chris Strebler talks about having to step in for his number one quarterback, Matt Nichols. It feels terrible for Matt, man. I mean, me and Matt spent a lot of time together here, and, and we've, we've built up a really good relationship. So, you know, especially him, when I see him go down, you know, I, I feel for him, and I know how hard he works because you know, we're, we're together every single day. I know what he puts into this. So, you know, it, it's tough to see a guy like that go down. But once again, you know, your job as a backup is to is to step in and, and try to move the ball. So, you know, it, it's, it's always hard to see, and I know that he's going to continue to work hard to be back better than ever. So the injury was um, it was quite apparent right from the get-go once Nichols got up from being hit. He was a sack by Lions defensive end Sean Lemon. And it almost looked like the Ricky Ray injury in Toronto from a few years ago where he was sacked by Charleston Hughes and as he was falling forward, it was kind of a violent kind of slam, but he had he had two hands on the turf and it appeared like he jammed his shoulder and it didn't look good at all. And Matt Nichols walked up went to Chris Trevler and said, you're in, grabbed a trainer, and went to the back. And that was it. So uh, the good news is Matt Nichols was out today, not in a sling. So that was an early indication that Matt Nichols would be okay. But Chris Trevler, he has started four games in the league. He'll start his fifth game on Friday. Three of his five starts have come against the Edmonton Eskimos. 368 yards, four touchdown passes, two interceptions, one rushing touchdown. That is his uh, bulk of work against the Eskimos, and he talks about taking over as the number one guy now. It's just about our team continuing to go out and, and execute and try to win games. You know, it's, it's not about me. It's about, it's about the team, and you know, my job is to just step in and try to continue putting wins together and, and moving the ball offensively. So, um, you know, we're just working on trying to do that. And Strevler came out of training camp in 2018 after Matt Nichols injured his knee in training camp in the final week of training camp. And Strevler won the draw out of training camp, started three games, and then Nichols came back. Nichols has proven over his time, and yes, he suffered two horrific injuries, two really serious injuries, but he has proven he can come back quickly. He's a pretty quick healer. Strevler was named the starting quarterback for that game in Winnipeg last year against the Eskimos, the longest continuous game in CFL history with three hours worth of lightning delays. And he played two games after that. And then he started the final game of the season in the regular season here in Edmonton 
uh, against the Eskimos, threw for 190 yards, had a touchdown on the ground. O'Sh- Mike O'Shea said, I have no problem with Chris Drevler, and I have every confidence in Chris Drevler. Expect him to go out there and win us a football game. He's quite capable. We we give him a lot of snaps in games because he's a good quarterback, and he can, he's proven that. You know, he, he stepped in as a, a raw rookie and played three games right off the hop and, and acquitted himself quite well. So we, we like our guys. So he is the seventh quarterback, Matt Nichols is, out of nine starters to go down. The only two quarterbacks that haven't, Trevor Harris, and for some miracle, Mike Riley. That's amazing. That is just amazing. Yep. He's been a human pinata this year. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, they show good things. They have some signs. But this is a team that doesn't believe. And they had chance. It was was amazing. They're down by two. It's 15, 13 Palmers. And then bang, bang. They're down by two possessions. Yep. That quick. It happened that quick. It is 614. When we come back, we will head to Winnipeg and joined by be joined by the legendary voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on 680 CJOB in Winnipeg, Bob Irving, to talk more about the Matt Nichols injury, Chris Strevler now running the show, and where do the Bombers go from here? And, oh, yeah, that Titanic matchup coming up on Friday between the Bombers and the Eskimos. It's Campbell and for Wilkins here on the Monday evening edition of 630 Chat Inside Sports. <laughs> Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 618. Talking about the biggest news of the day, CFL and sports-wise in, uh, in these parts, is that Matt Nichols is out for four to six weeks with a injured shoulder, and he will not be starting a quarterback when the Bombers come to town on Friday against the Edmonton Eskimos, and Bob Irving, the voice of the Bombers on 680 CGOB, joins me now. Bob, nice to have you on the show. How are you? I'm good, Dave. Good to be with you. Well, four to six weeks is the uh, determination. Uh, I believe the official is upper body injury for quarterback Matt Nichols, although we all know everyone on the planet that watched watched it knows it was a shoulder injury. But uh, um, I guess it's it's not great news, but it could have been worse. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to look at it. We knew right away that it was more than just your average sort of a ding to the to the shoulder or arm. We could tell by Nichols' body language that uh, it wasn't good. And when a guy kind of walks off the field with his arm hanging at his side, and he's a quarterback, and his throwing arm, you you can put two to get two together and and figure it's not that good. Um, so they're saying they're going to evaluate it, reevaluate it in four weeks. The hope is that by the end of the six weeks on the or the six game uh, injury list, he will be ready to return. Now they didn't say that there's any guarantee of that, but uh, Michael Shea is always an optimistic guy, and he said uh, he's fairly hopeful that uh, after no later than six weeks, Matt will be able to return. Nichols is a pretty quick healer. He's yeah. proven that in the past. I think, Dave, you and I were talking, and you pointed out that uh, he was at practice today watching, uh, but he didn't have his arm in a sling or any other sort of medical device attached to it. And I guess that's a good sign. So we'll see how quickly he heals. 
And the Bombers are quite uh, optimistic that he will return this season. Well, and you mentioned about the quick healing powers of one Matt Nichols. Uh, he only missed three games last year uh, with that yeah. with that knee injury out of training camp. And um, I don't know if, you know, obviously knee, shoulder, it's a little bit differently, but that has to be something that uh, has to be encouraging. And plus, he, he's gone through two major injuries in Edmonton with a dislocated ankle and the and the, and the torn ACL. So he's he has a penchant for coming back strong from injuries, I guess. Yeah, and he's had his share of misfortune, too. I mean, that play the other night was fairly innocent. You know, he got flushed out of the pocket, and the way Sean Lemon tackled him just put him in a vulnerable sort of situation where he landed hard and uh, some some things in the shoulder that were thrown off. So it was kind of a, it was a tough break, really, and uh, the Bombers had the game well in hand at that point. So uh, I kind of I feel so sorry for Matt because he's, you know him, Dave, he's really a good guy, and mm-hmm. the players... The players love him and uh, admire him. He's a terrific leader on the team, and uh, it's a tough break. But as Mike O'Shea said to me today, hey, this is pro football. Nobody's going to feel sorry for us. Everybody gets injuries. We have to carry on, and that's what we'll do. I mean, he's Mike's the last guy in the world to ever feel sorry for himself about injuries. He never talks that way. Yeah, exactly, and that's what the best football coaches do, and definitely Mike O'Shea is one of the best football coaches uh, in the CFL, no doubt about it. As we're joined by Bob Irving, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on CJOB Radio in Winnipeg. Eskimos take on the Bombers this coming Friday. It is a battle for first place. Well, the Eskimos win, depending on by how much they win, then they'll have a, a share of first place and could win the season series. But we got the game for you right here on 6.30, Chad. 5.30 for countdown to kickoff. 7 o'clock is the kickoff with Morley and myself, along with uh, Blake Dermott and Brendan Escott. Uh, so here comes Chris Streveler. And the Eskimos are fortunate, I think, because in his four starts career in the CFL, the Eskimos have seen him twice. And we right. saw him in the most unusual of circumstances out of training camp in 2017 or 2018 in that longest continuous game in CFL history with all the lightning delays. And overall, he's thrown for 368 yards, four touchdown passes, two interceptions, one rushing touchdown. And I also find this interesting, too, because there are people that in Winnipeg, uh, some fans, some fans that really want to see Chris Strevler and maybe don't really like Matt Nichols. Well, now they're going to get their chance. Well, they're going to get their wish uh, for the next, uh, I would say, three, four, five games, Dave, uh, the foreseeable future. Uh, yeah, there's been a bit of an undercurrent here from some of the fans. And, of course, everybody loves the backup quarterback when the offense isn't lighting things up. And the Bomber offense hasn't lit things up in the passing game this year. They run the ball very well, as you know. And so some of the passing numbers... Uh, and Matt Nichols is the most, uh, not the most, uh, I don't know how to describe this, uh, the most sort of pleasing-looking quarterback at times. He'll throw the ball into the dirt, he'll take a sack, he'll throw it into the stands, anything to avoid giving it to the other team. And right. that, that's, that's a great strength of his. That's one of his great strengths. He's thrown five interceptions in nine games, which is pretty impressive. Anyway, Chris Trevler is a popular guy. And largely, I think, because of the way he runs with the ball. You know, they put him in in these short-yarded situations, and he's like a wild moose out there sort of rumbling along and running over people, and the fans just love it. So we're going to find out now how far he's advanced in terms of being able to play quarterback because you're not going to make a living running the ball from the quarterback position. And the one thing we all wonder, Dave, about Strebler is his passing ability. And he said in training camp, he said, I have to improve my passing game. That's the one thing I need to work on. And so we're going to find out just how far along he's come in that regard. But when he did play last year, he acquitted himself very well. 
And it does sound like that, even though this is Chris Strevler's show for the next uh, few weeks here, that it does sound like that the Bombers, I don't know how this looks, but uh, they're obviously going to and probably going to go out and find a quarterback. Yeah, they are going to bring in a third guy. Mike O'Shea said that today. He said probably won't happen until next week. I'm told that there's kind of an internal uh, discussion within the organization about whether or not they reach out to a, somebody with experience, a veteran guy, and you know the names Brandon Bridge mm-hmm. and Kevin Glenn and uh, even Drew Willie and guys like that, or do they bring in another young guy and sort of groom him and see if maybe he's a quarterback of the future because both Nichols and Streveler are in the final year of their contract. So... Uh, I don't know what they're going to do in that regard. I know they haven't quite come to grips with that. They've they've made a bunch of calls to see who's interested, and I think by next week you will see. But there will be, for sure, a number three quarterback. Mike O'Shea said we do have to have a third guy around. Well, before I let you go, Bob, uh, obviously we got a big matchup coming up. it probably be, the at least on the outset, the game of the week. Uh, the Eskimos at home to the Bombers. Uh, these two teams met back on June 27th. Eskimos did everything right, or a lot of things right in that game, except score touchdowns. And the Bombers scored four, even though at times it looked like the defense of the Eskimos were limiting them. But it's about scoring touchdowns, and the Eskimos didn't do that. The Bombers did. Uh, this is going to be fun on, on Friday. Well, it sure is, and I'm super impressed with the way Edmonton's playing, Uh, Dave. You know, C.J. Gable, and you got Trevor Harris, who who looks so sharp in that game on the weekend against Toronto, and I would uh, emphasize it was against Toronto. Their defense isn't very good, but still, Harris is having a fab. He's on the pace to throw for 6,000 yards, and Ellingson is lighting it up, and uh, their defense has got uh, statistically... They lead the league in just about every category, or many categories anyway. They look like a super strong team. So I think a, you know, a huge challenge. I know the Bombers are in first place, but this is a huge challenge, I think, for Winnipeg, especially when they don't have Nichols, uh, and, uh, as well as Edmonton is going. So, yeah, it's going to be an intriguing matchup. I can hardly wait. Bob, look forward to seeing you on uh, Thursday. So uh, all the best. Have a good week, okay? Okay, thanks, Dave. Same to you. That is the uh, legendary voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on 680 CJOB in uh, Winnipeg, Bob Irving. So Matt Nichols on the shelf for four to six weeks on the six-game injury list with a shoulder injury will be reevaluated after four weeks. So it is Chris Strevler's show for now until the, basically until Matt Nichols is back, uh, unless he completely leaks oil. Uh, I can't see another quarterback stepping in for Matt Nichols but Chris Trevler. So, there you go. Uh, the Eskimos with a big win last Friday. It was a big win because they won. That's how it goes in football. Uh, we'll break it down and uh, talk about this matchup coming up and reminisce a little bit about June 27th in Winnipeg when the Eskimos did so many things right and did not score a touchdown. We'll do that with Blake Dermott, our in-game analyst here on 630 Chet Eskimos broadcast. News is next from the 630 Chet 24-hour news center with Adam Brills. Campbell in for Wilkins here on this Monday evening edition of 630 Chet Inside Sports. Listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Dave Campbell for Reed Wilkins tonight and for the rest of this week as he's fringing this week. 
Uh, of course, we've got the big game coming up on Friday. We'll talk about that in a moment, okay? Oh, by the way, yeah, we. No, I'll talk about it now. I'll talk about it now. No, I'll talk about it in a moment. I've got other things on my mind. Okay. Like a scoreboard, which is pretty quick tonight. Uh, the Blue Jays are off. They'll play the uh, LA Dodgers beginning series tomorrow. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, having knee issues. Looks like he should be okay, so we'll... we'll uh, Keep an eye on that for tomorrow. FC Edmonton is in action. They're in Winnipeg taking on Valor FC in the 34th minute. Inside sports guest from last week, Easton Ongaro with the goal in the 30th minute. Woo! And FC Edmonton up 1-0. Uh, Prairie Football uh, Conference uh, underway this uh, past weekend. Huskies with a win, 36-13 over the Calgary Colts. And the Edmonton Wildcats unfortunately falling 34-21 to the Regina Thunder to talk about that uh, for a bit and uh, talk about uh, the Titanic struggle of a matchup. Oh, it'll be a struggle, all right. Hopefully not a big of a struggle offensively like it was on June the 27th, more like what we saw on Friday in a big win in Toronto is uh, Blake Dermott, our in-game analyst here on 630 Jed and Eskimo Broadcast. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fine, Dave. Yourself? I'm doing great. Uh, uh, tough Way to start, I guess. Uh, you know, you always want to win your games, but unfortunately you can't. But uh, how did it go yesterday overall? Well, you know what? I, 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 uh, we are very young in some areas on that team, and uh, <clears throat> we were leading 21-13 to 13 at the half. And uh, statistically, we were ahead in virtually every stat. We had a pick six. We, the kids played really well, and, and uh, the Thunder are a pretty veteran team, and they made some adjustments. And we... We, we, we moved the ball between the 20-yard lines but couldn't get any points in the second half. And, that, and uh, you know, it was really close. Uh, I thought, you know, statistically there was a difference of about 30 yards. Uh, time of possession was 45 seconds, but they were able to capitalize when they had the opportunity. We weren't. And you uh, play the Huskies coming up on uh, on Saturday, eh? So it gets a lot easier. <laughs> it just yeah. gets so much easier. Buddy. Yeah, no. The, of course, it'll be a, it'll be a fun game. Uh, we we played them already in exhibition, and uh, this is you know the, it, it is the Eskimo Stampeders, the the two teams in Edmonton that uh, the Huskies and the Wildcats uh, uh, over the last number of years, the Huskies have certainly had the the better the better teams, and you know and and. Uh, um, last year was no exception, but uh, you know I think the Wildcats have improved a little bit, and the Huskies have uh, um, maybe come a little bit closer to the pack. But they, it's going to be a, a really big game and, and uh, exciting. So, and we'll have lots of alumni from both teams come out to watch it. Right on. That that's very exciting. It's uh, it's always fun when the two teams get together and be the, you know it'll be more special with all the all that stuff around the game. So that'll be cool. And the game on Friday will be uh, I think something to look forward to as well as the Edmonton Eskimos uh, host the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And if the Eskimos win, share first place. They win by eight points or more. They win the season series. And I guess first off, Blake, let's just start off with the news that we found out from Winnipeg this week. I don't think we're overly surprised. I think Bomber fans are probably more relieved that the injury to Matt Nichols wasn't more serious. But he's on the six-game injury list. He's out four to six weeks, basically reevaluated uh, after four weeks with a shoulder injury that was sustained last uh, Thursday against the uh, BC Lions. So now the Eskimos see Chris Streveler, and they have seen him quite a bit in his uh, CFL career. Yeah, you know, the, the one thing about Winnipeg is they're still a, a, a very strong team, and, you know, with uh, the defensively is what they held Eskimos to seventh field goal the last time they played him. And so that part of their game hasn't gotten any weaker. Um, yeah. But I, I really believe that the Eskimos felt like they left one out there last time they played this 
this Winnipeg team, and I, I came away from that game feeling that Edmonton was still a better team than the Bombers. Now with the uh, the injury to Matt Nichols, um, and uh, as you said, Stravler's uh, he's he's played a lot and he's played well, uh, but uh, this is a, a huge opportunity for the Eskimos, and I think defensively they're gonna you know, they got to play a different type of quarterback. Stravler's more of a run guy, uh, and he has a cannon for an arm, but maybe not quite as accurate as as Nichols. But uh, they're gonna they're gonna miss Nichols' leadership certainly, and you know what they're gonna end up doing? Uh, who's gonna see the ball an awful lot? Is Andrew Harris will see it a ton. And uh, just coming off, you know, being, uh, uh, what has he got, the, the most yards by a Canadian back in the history of the CFL. That's right. And, and he still has years to play. At 32 years of age as well, which is remarkable, remarkable because, as you know, some running backs, I mean, they're done at the age of 32, right, with all the contact. Yeah. And that's the, what's most impressive about Andrew Harris, and we've talked about it so many times, durability, because he's getting hit all the time. Yeah, he, he is just... It's amazing. You're right. Like I don't know how many times he's he's been injured in his career, but if he's been injured, it doesn't seem to have been for a long time. Maybe he's missed a game here or there, and and uh, he might have had a couple of games, uh, maybe three or four games in in a row. But as a running back, that's not very much uh, playing that position, and he just continues to put the numbers out there. And uh, um, you know, he uh, he's he's one of the best backs in the history of the CFL, obviously because of his numbers. But yeah. but when you compare him. To you know, some some great backs that have come up here from down south. He, you know, a lot of those guys over time, they just they he, he just he's proved that he is a premier back in the CFL and always has been. Blake Dermott joins us, our in-game analyst on Edmonton Eskimo broadcast here on 6:30. Ched uh, tonight on 6:30. Ched Inside Sports Eskimos host the Bombers on Friday. 5:30 is countdown to kickoff. Seven o'clock is the kickoff on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Um, I do agree with you, and we had Bob Irving on uh, last half hour talking about we know Streveler can run, we know he's tough, he's big, but can he? throw a football down the field and we've seen elements of that you know second and one he's you know takes the defense off guard and throws a big long bomb and we've seen that a few times in his goal line situations we've also seen him be effective there you know the Eskimos defensive have played extremely well this season Blake and you know that the one style of quarterback they have had trouble with mobile quarterbacks vernon adams jr especially dominic davis a little bit but here comes chris streveler and he's mobile and he's a load well you know uh, i know reed asked me this question last week and i just said every team has trouble with those kinds of quarterbacks you know look at look at what happened to the calgary stampeders this past weekend um you know when when you have a, a quarterback that has some talent and and he's physical and can run it stresses the defense doesn't matter how good the defense is because it stresses them it makes the guys have to put miles on during a game and it can wear them down and get them tired the trouble with a lot of those types of quarterbacks that have come into the cfl is that they're limited by what they can do they've relied so much on their ability to be able to move the pocket, run around a lot, that they don't, they haven't developed their ability to be able to throw the ball and to be, you know, a pinpoint passer. Some of those guys that have extended their careers, I mean, remember Tracy Ham, what kind of trouble Tracy Ham would have gave everybody in the CFL, but by the end of his career, he could sit in the pocket with, with, with anybody and throw the ball because he, he developed. But some of those guys, some of those quarterbacks that come in here give teams a lot of trouble, and then they just, they fizzle out because they don't have the ability to get better in the other aspect of it. Strebler has shown 
showed some kinds of of uh, improvement over that. But I still think he's a chucker. Like, I still think, and that's not a negative way. He's a guy who's got a cannon for an arm. But I'm not sure he's developed the short passing game type of stuff. So if you, could, if you can limit him to certain things, if you can limit him to running with the ball, you're, you're eventually going to take, take enough shots at him that you're going to slow him down. If you limit him to the deep ball, uh, or you take the deep ball away and force him to throw the underneath stuff, right. I'm not sure he's good enough to do that. That's a good point because I think he's a quarterback that wants the deep ball more than he wants to check it down. And a lot of that bomber offense is predicated on not necessarily checking it down, but what does Matt Nichols do so well? The ball is out fast. It's kind of like what Trevor Harris does. Yeah, he, he checks down and he utilizes his tailback so well. He utilizes Andrew Harris in the passing game, and that's one of the things that gives most, uh, most defensive trouble. Blake Dermott joining us, our in-game analyst on Edmonton Eskimo Broadcast here on 630 Chad Inside Sports. So we were talking about the offense uh, for so long, and, and you made a great point, uh, I think it was a week or two ago, uh, I think maybe it was last week on the show to read, and you said at least they are moving the football. And so I would be more concerned about this offense not scoring enough points, um, and I know they want to score more points than they are uh, ahead of the game in Toronto, but if they weren't moving the football, I'd be more concerned. Well, in Toronto, they moved the football, and they scored on seven of 11 drives, and I'm not counting the last drive because that was more of a clock-draining drive, and they scored touchdowns in their first three possessions, five of seven in the red zone. Problem solved, Blake! Well, you know, <laughs> and we, we talked about this an awful lot, and I heard it from the uh, guys on TV, and I, and, and I mentioned this to Reed that, I think the biggest issue with with the Eskimos, and, and it's an uh, overused phrase, but it was execution. It was concentration. It was the, the uh, attention to detail when they got into those positions. And uh, and you saw in in, uh, in in the game last week uh, how the attention to detail, when they were in scoring position, they capitalized. And the one time they had a penalty uh, down deep when they didn't have, uh, uh, they, did, they had no end. And I think it was Tavares Daniels that wasn't on the line. Right. And uh, and you could hear the players because it was a mic'd up game. You could hear the players like, "Come on, man!" You know, and and, and it, it, it's it's critical that these guys concentrate and, and understand the situation. And they improved a lot in this last game. And this is a team we know offensively they can move the ball on anybody in the league. They threw up numbers over 500 yards of offense this last week. And but it's all about the finish, right? And. Uh, they, I think they proved to themselves this past week that they can finish, and they got to have that kind of level of commitment when they get into that part of the um, that part of the field to be able to uh, to finish drives. And 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 if they get to that point, there's not going to be seven field goals against Winnipeg. Yeah, no question. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, yeah. I think these are games we love. I know I know the old vernacular in football, and it's true. The biggest game is your next game. Well, the next game is against the Bombers, and boy, is that a big game. Well, you know, David, just before we, before we go, is the, the thing that I think is, is the Eskimos have got themselves in a really, really good situation. We talked about this the other day about how this is, you know, potentially, the, you know, three weeks ago, a murderer's row because they've got Winnipeg, Calgary, Calgary, and Hamilton. But every one of those guys is down there starting quarterback. So, <laughs> so it's a situation where the Eskimos could come out of this over the next four weeks sitting in a very, very good position. No question about it. Blake, thank you so much. We'll see you at practice later this week, okay? Okay, Dave. Thanks a lot. That's Blake Dermott, our in-game analyst here on 630 Chet Eskimos broadcast as uh, the Eskimos get set to play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on Friday. You can text in at 630-630. Uh, Big L says, was the injury to his throwing arm? I'm not sure. They're not. The Bombers are not forthcoming on that. It, I'm trying to remember which arm kind of dangled. I 
think it might have been his throwing arm, actually. Looked like he was favoring that a little bit more than that other thing back to it. Roadhammer says, unfortunate news for Winnipeg Blue Bombers about Matt Nichols getting injured, but should totally be expected every year. The guy has problems staying healthy. Yeah, he does. He does. I mean, two horrific injuries. The uh, dislocated ankle in the East Final in 20, East Semifinal in Toronto 2012. Of course, preseason injury in 2013 when tore his ACL and he's had knee injuries. He's had now the shoulder issues, but he's always been able to come back and be stronger. You know, and obviously the first two injuries were very severe and very, uh, you know, very serious. But the knee injury looked bad in training camp, and he came back, and he was fine. You know, this injury, we'll see. I mean, if it's his throwing shoulder, that's a different story. So we'll see. Uh, Richard says, Trevor Harris missed some time in a game also. Ever since the Stampeders sandwich hit and prematurely ended Ricky Ray's career, I've been calling for the league to end sandwich hits and blindside hits on quarterbacks. It's 2019, not 1959. Guys are doing the hitting are much bigger and stronger. Maybe now they will look at it. If this is if not, this will become the league of backup quarterbacks. One name, the one name that even the most casual fan knows and recognizes when he or she comes to a game, they won't be able to watch. Okay, that's an interesting take. Um, they're getting rid of the headshots. They're getting rid of the, the hits to the knees. But it's pro football, Richard. You're going to get hurt at some point. It's a physical game. You can't take the physicality out of it. What I like seeing is that I see a lot of defenders get their head out of the way when they're hitting a quarterback or hitting a player, uh, and a, an offensive player. I like that. That's good. But... I mean, the sandwich hit on Ricky Ray wasn't illegal. It was a tough hit. That's the way it goes. So they just need to get rid of the hits to the head, hits to the knees. Um, it's been a tough process, but they're calling it more and more, and that's what I like. So it's going in the right direction. If you're Dave Dickinson, you're probably not happy about anything that happened in the game against the Alouettes when they lost in overtime. He certainly was very upset with some of the calls, especially roughing the passer and was Eric Rogers in or not? One angle, I swear he was in. And another angle, I swear he was out. It shows you how camera angles lie in replay, too. Oh, the game on Friday, by the way. We've got tickets. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. So uh, Trevor Harris is a, knocking on wood, is a healthy quarterback, right? Yes. Yes, he is. So what number does, well, in honor of Trevor Harris, caller number seven will win a four-pack of tickets to the game on Friday, Eskimos and Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Speaking of uh, defense, as we were talking with uh, Blake Dermott about the defense and facing mobile quarterbacks and stuff like that, we'll hear from safety Jordan Hoover next. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Congratulations to Peter, who is off to see the Edmonton Eskimos take on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. This text comes in, do not judge the Eskimos against the Argos. Judge them against the Stampeders, Bombers, Riders, Ticats. Yep, I get it. Stiffer competition is coming. Next four games, I think, will tell a lot about the Eskimos. As they play the Bombers, then it's the Labor Day Series with Calgary, then it's the Hamilton Tiger Cats. We judge the game because that's who they played. That's their last game. We judge that game against the Argos because that's who they played. 
<laughs> okay, so, and I will guarantee you, I will guarantee you that if the Eskimos didn't win, you would come at me and say, how could you lose to the Argos? So could we give a little credit and say they won a team against a team that they should beat? Because they did. They beat the Argos. Had a bit of trouble against them, but they did beat them. Uh, Jordan Hoover talking about facing Chris Streveler. He's done it twice. In fact, he was in a different position when he saw Chris Streveler for the first time. He was a corner. And talks about facing the big Bombers quarterback again on Friday. Uh, always improving, yeah. Um, to be honest, I'm very excited to play him. Uh, last year, I had him when I was playing cornerback, and mm-hmm. this year I'm going to be right across from every single play, so I'm going to be uh, keen in on his tendencies, all every film session, seeing what he's looking at, which foot goes where, at what time, where's his shoulder leaning, stuff like that. Um, different different quarterback type than, than Nichols, obviously. I would say a little bit more run-heavy, so, you know, we got to have eyes for little special packages and little keys. You know, we're watching film from him two years ago now, uh, sorry, last year, and then... Uh, we know he likes to run the ball, and when he when he does, he runs downhill, and he's going to hit you. So we got to hit him. We got to be the hammer, not the nail. You, you mentioned his he's built, yes. you know, and like you faced mm-hmm. running quarterbacks before with Vernon Adams right. and Dominic Davis, but different builds. Trevor, right. boy, like, he's yeah, imposing. you know, you get the you get the VAs and the the Mazzolis and uh, you're more worried about your ankles, and they're going to slide into you and maybe draw the penalty. But this guy is once he hits that gear, he's he, we've already been watching film. Once he hits that gear, and he's straightforward, and he's he's like a little pinball, you know, bouncing <laughs> off DB. So, you know, I'm not going to give away too much information on how we how we're going to handle that, but we got something for you. Greg Ellingson, oh, what a game did he have? Man, did he have a game. I mean, everyone on offense pretty much had a good game for the most part. The players that you expect will come to play. Trevor Harris was 28-41, 420 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Greg Ellingson, 14, sorry, 10 for 170, two touchdowns, including this. Uh, I just, I could not believe this catch, by the way. From the Papa John's red zone, Trevor Harris drops back, looks to the end zone, throws, and... Oh, oh what a oh. catch! Touchdown Eskimos! Greg Ellingson diving along the sidelines, comes up with it. What a catch for Ellingson, and he's got a pair. I mean, it was a dive kind of quarter to a half corkscrew kind of kind of move, so it was... It'll a, show up on the year-end plays of the year, for sure. It sure will. Guaranteed. But he talked about the offensive performance against the Argos, and the fact that they were challenged by Jason Moss. Look, we're moving the ball. Lovely. Great. Put the ball in the end zone, please. I mean, it's nice to uh, overcome, you know, that little uh, lull we had there where we're not putting, uh, you know, touchdowns on the board and we're kicking field goals. Uh, you know, that's going to be a difference in games. As, I mean, look at the Winnipeg game last time we played them. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't get those uh, scores, and uh, that's the difference between us winning and losing, uh, kicking all the field goals instead of touchdowns. So it's nice to, you know, turn around and get five uh, out of seven and, you know, just look to, you know, capitalize on that and, and keep things going. How impressive is it to score on your first three possessions and not just score, but you score touchdowns? I mean, that's how you draw it up, right? That's yeah. that's what we're trying to do every time. Yeah, you know, it's nice to do that, and especially, you know, get that momentum and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, especially completions and stuff, and you get the ball rolling, you know, it's nice to, you know, feel that, uh, that movement down the field, and it helps the defense out a lot, too. When you think about that Winnipeg game, does that add some fuel to this already field matchup <laughs> with the with the chance of getting a share of first place? Yeah, they're a good team. I mean, they they, they take care of the ball. They're uh, they're sound. You know, they're a disciplined team. And you know, we felt like we kind of let one give it away by making mistakes on our part. And we just feel like if we uh, you know don't make those mistakes and, and and we're at home now and we have our crowd behind us, you know, that's a good recipe to you know come out here and you know have a successful day against them. 
The Eskimos that night in Winnipeg had 38 more plays than the Bombers. They outgained them in the air, overall yards. They had the ball for about, and it's pretty close to six, seven minutes more, and seven field goals. And I thought by the end of that game, the Eskimos were just so gassed because they played. They almost ran 70 plays. On average, they're running about 62, 63. So I think now they're conditioned for it. Back then, might not have been totally conditioned for it. Of course, if you scored a bit more, then maybe that helps you with more, a little more gas in the tank. So, but I, I think this is extremely exciting. Oh, we got a call here. Let's do this quickly. Al, go ahead. Yeah, how you doing, Dave? Good. Yourself? Oh, not too bad. When's the CFL ever going to learn? Like they should be developing Canadian quarterbacks. Make a roster spot on every team for a, a young and up and coming Canadian quarterback. They don't get a chance. If they develop them, they'd be third string for sure, unless they they move their way up in the lineup. Like I, I'm a great football fan, great sports fan, all, all sports. And when I have to see guys like Joseph should have been retired, come out and play, and 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 you know he's just one example. Like it's embarrassing. Get your act together. Give them a give them a salary. Make a spot on every roster. Well, it's not going to happen, I think, because next year you're going to go down to two quarterbacks. So, um, yeah, I know what you're on. saying, but I don't want to. I don't like gifting a quarterback a spot when he's not deserving of it. But I do think that Canadian quarterbacks need to be developed better, and uh, so I hope that does happen. I know, and thanks, Al, for the phone call. I know there's an internship program in training camp. Quarterback spends a uh, Canadian quarterback spends. Um, about you know, two weeks, three weeks with the team before the summer hits, and then they go back to their... Like Adam Singara was uh, the heck great trophy winner for the Calgary Dinos. He was in camp for the Eskimos. So, But you're only going to go down to two roster spots next year for quarterbacks. Uh, game day roster. So it's not going to happen anytime soon. If you're a Canadian quarterback and get on the roster, you're going to count to the ratio. So there you go. And look, simply, this is a weird year. For quarterbacks going down. It doesn't happen every year. It rarely happens. News is next from the 630 Chad 24-hour news center with Adam Brills. When we come back, talk about the Edmonton Marathon. And you'll meet a young woman who made a real big go at setting a new Guinness World Record using a stroller. We'll explain it after the news at 7 o'clock. Campbell in for Welcomes, Monday evening edition of Inside Sports. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.